Get ready to learn the top secrets and simple strategies for living the life of your dreams. Welcome to Living the Dream Podcast, where it's not just about achieving your goals in the future, it's about enjoying your journey along the way. Here are your hosts, Krista Joy and Christy Fredericks. Jeff Barnes is the best-selling author of The Wisdom of Walt, Leadership Lessons from the Happiest Place on Earth, and Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, Life Lessons from the Most Magical Place on Earth. He attributes his passion for Disney parks into his love of history, story, and success. Jeff is an international Disney motivational speaker, higher education administrator, university professor, and leadership success coach. Known as Dr. Disneyland, he teaches the only accredited college course on the history of Disneyland. He is also widely popular in the Disney fan community. His books are brilliant, and he's had tremendous success with sales. But did you know you can also subscribe to Jeff's most recent writings? absolutely free of charge. That's right. And subscribing to the updates will reveal to you pretty quickly that Jeff believes the Disney parks teach each of us some of life's greatest lessons as long as you know their history. And if you know what to look for, and if you're willing to connect it all to your own story. And what we're talking about here is inspiration and motivation with a Disney twist absolutely free of charge during these times when we can all use those. So run and don't walk and subscribe today over at thewisdomofwalt.com. Dr. Jeff Barnes, welcome to Living the Dream Podcast. Well, hello, ladies. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? Well, you know, I'm I'm happy to hear that somebody is doing great because, uh, wow, we wake up each and every morning and these are challenging times. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And, you know, in April 2020, you wrote a post titled The Next Right Thing, and you wrote that a lot has changed due to the current world crisis. And yet you said we've been here before. And well, at least Walt Disney has. It's really an incredible observation that you mixed in with some information that many people probably haven't heard or know about how Walt Disney survived both the Spanish flu and escaped the enormous casualties of World War One. So um, can you just expand on that a little bit? For those that haven't read the blog, tell us more about that. Yeah, so um, I, I, I posted that on, on April 17th and have really been sort of blown away by the response. I um, uh, was, was tasked with teaching history of California uh, during the spring 2020 semester and initially, um, you know, didn't want to teach the class and, you know, the university you know, came back a, a second and, and third time. And I, I'm so glad that I did it uh, because in my 20 years of uh, teaching in higher education, probably uh, the best group of students that I've ever, you know, had the privilege of being with. And I can't imagine having gone through this really unique semester with a different group of kids. And, um, you know, part of that experience was discovering that, you know, in comparing what we're currently going through, learning that they had never heard of, you know, the, the Spanish flu and the pandemic that the world went through, that the United States went through, that California went through in 1918. And of course, what that meant was, well, guess what? If, if most of us weren't aware of what happened in 1918, well, that also meant 
that many Disney fans weren't aware that Walt himself caught the Spanish flu when it swept through Chicago in fall of 1918. So I felt as though it was important to make um, my own readers aware that Walt sort of threaded the needle, if you will. Um, He very much wanted to enlist in the army and be a part of what he thought would be a great adventure in what was then called the Great War. But having been born in 1901, he was too young to enlist. Um, The best he could do uh, was, um, you know, get into the ambulance corps. And even then, um, he he needed the help of his own mother to, you know, doctor his, uh, you know, birth certificate. And Mm -hmm. in the midst of his training, caught the Spanish flu, had to go home to recuperate. And by the time he got back to um, his, his unit, learned that they had shipped out. And eventually, um, he, um, he, he, he heads off to Connecticut. And by then, the, the war's over. And, and Walt is, is convinced that he's never going to head off to France, never get to Europe, never be part of, again, what he thought would be this great adventure. But lo and behold, 50 men from his unit are, are going to head out and, and be part of uh, the reconstruction of Europe at the end of World War I. And Walt was very fond of telling the story that uh, he was the 50th uh, person chosen out of 50 in his unit. And, and that's how he ends up driving ambulances at the end of World War One. The last name called. Last name called. And, um, you know, the way I, I, I write the story is, you know, they, they roused them up at 3 a.m. Walt wanted to stay in bed. Walt wanted to stay asleep. But um, he knew the right thing to do was, you know, to get up and, and, and see what would happen. And, and lo and behold, he, in fact, was the 50th name called. And there's a, a great picture included in, in the blog post of him drawing cartoons on the side of the ambulance that he drove. Um, in you know France at the end of World War One. Hmm. Yeah, I love I love that picture. So Jeff, so you wrote something that I think we can all relate to. Um, you said every day looks like Saturday, but feels like <laughs> Monday. <laughs> you had no idea what it is we're supposed to do next. So, but you right. got in. You got some inspiration and advice from a troll <laughs> of all places. So tell everyone about that. Yeah, so I, I think the struggle that we're all facing is, um, you know, we're quarantined, we're locked down, we're, we're, we're sheltering in place. Um, you know, as, as human beings, we're accustomed to routine and all of our routines are, are shaken right now. Uh, I know for me, I am a, a, a creature of habit. And I, um, you know, I have certain meetings on Mondays. I have class on Tuesday, class on uh, Thursdays, uh, certain meetings on Wednesday afternoons. And all of that's gone. Nothing looks familiar. Uh, you know, the routines have, have, have just vanished. And so I, I wrote that line in that particular blog post. You know, we are living in a world where, again, uh, every day looks like, Saturday, but feels like Monday. And 
you know, that line really resonated with readers. I have had it repeated back to me over and over and over again. I love that in the comments. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, the, the line from the troll really comes from Frozen 2. Um, you know, whenever you are facing a world where it appeal, appears as if there is no future, and that's been our world for what, going on two months now, and you don't know what to do. And man, I, I feel it. Um, I, I feel it um, seemingly, um, you know, every minute, every hour, every day, you know, every, every week, every weekend. Um, sometimes the best you can do is the next right thing. And, um, you know, what I'm really trying to tell myself, what I'm really trying to tell you, what I'm really trying to tell our readers is um, you don't have to figure out the future. You don't have to figure out next week, next year. You don't even have to figure out tomorrow. Maybe the best you can do is the next right thing. And, um, you know, why that was put in Frozen 2, however many months or years ago when that picture was in development, why that movie was released in December, why, um, you know, Disney decided to release it early on Disney Plus in March. I don't know. The timing could mm -hmm. not have been more perfect. And you're so right. I had to go back and watch it after I read your blog post and I was like, wow, yeah. so profound, yeah. you know. It absolutely is. I remember even seeing that in the theater before any of this actually happened, but that that line in particular like really struck a chord for me and it actually like I'm not a big crier at movies and things like that, but that actually brought a tear to my eye. And I think we can all relate to that. You know, we've all been through these tough times, like, you know, nothing like we're seeing today, but just tough times in general. And I think it's such a good thing to remember that yeah. sometimes when it's so overwhelming and there's, you can't even see the end in sight and you, you don't know what the future holds. It, it's it, so reassuring it, to know it, we don't have to figure it all out. It, it's completely overwhelming. And, and think about it like this. Um, you know, when you're on your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed or, you know, you're going through, um, you know, whatever media it is that you consume, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, one minute I'll see a post that says, uh, you know, the Disney parks are going to open, you know, tomorrow, next week, next month. And then the very next article says the Disney parks aren't going to open until 2021 or 2022. Um, the bottom line is we don't know. We don't know. Nobody yeah. knows. And it can be completely debilitating. It can be completely demoralizing. It can be completely overwhelming. And uh, as a result, in my own world, I, I don't know what to do. I literally do not know what to do. I do know this. I, I need to do whatever the next right thing is. Right. And I think I think that's so helpful, too, because sometimes I feel like personally I get paralyzed yes. by that thought of there's just you don't know which direction to go. Like I, just, I literally, literally stand in my house and like turn in a circle. Should I do that? Mm -hmm. No, this, no, yep. that. Just yep. And it, I, it's so reassuring to know kind of we're all in the same boat and just pick something yeah. it doesn't have to be big it doesn't have to be huge just pick one 
thing and make a move forward. <laughs> Just make a step. Sometimes the next right thing can be as simple as taking a shower, going for a walk, the dishes, the laundry. Um, it, 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 it doesn't have to be this massive thing because right now, um, you know, these are completely unprecedented, paralyzing kinds of times. And I think we need to give ourselves a massive break and, and literally just get to the next minute sometimes. You know, I think that's a great suggestion for everyone. And what do you think, like if Walt Disney was still living today, you know, what do you think he would be doing in this situation? Like, what would he advise us to do? What do you think the Disney park reopening would look like? What Do you have any insight since you've studied him so much? Do you, do you have any ideas? Well, I mean, I have no doubt that, you know, safety would be paramount. And, um, you know, he would be very concerned for, um, you know, guest health, guest safety, guest concern. On top of all of that, you know, he would want to make sure that, um, you know, the company would be in a position to not just survive, but, you know, thrive as well. Um, you know, I look at, you know, various things that, you know, the company is doing. I, I think of, um, you know, what, what Iger did with Disney+. Plus. Um, I, 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 you know, the, the, the way in which that came out in November and, you know, here we are, um, you know, what coming up on two months now, uh, you know, I, I, I had the opportunity just last night to watch the first episode of, you know, the Disney props and was just blown away at, you know, how fantastic that is. Uh, you know, the, their goal was to hit 50 subscribers. Uh, 50 million subscribers in four years, they hit that in four months. And I, I'm not telling you that the company isn't struggling. And I worry, um, in fact, this is what my next blog post is, is going to be about, you know, my worry and care and concern for the cast members. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, thank you, Bob Iger, for having the vision for putting Disney Plus, that, you know, vision and that forward thinking so that that would launch in November so that they could put that content out and have it available, um, you know, come March so that, you know, that, you know, could keep running, you know, and, and we would, you know, be able to keep consuming that while we're in this current situation and in current circumstance. So, you know, what would Walt do? I, you know, again, safety, 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 uh, you know, concern for the guests, concern for the guests, concern for the guests. And yet, at the same time, I also think, um, I, you know, would he do something different for the cast members? I don't know. Um, I, I'm proud that Disney, you know, kept them on for as long as they did. Would Walt have figured out a way to keep them on longer? I, I don't have the answer for that. I would like to say yes. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm, I'm not a math guy. I don't. I don't know what those numbers would look like. I do know this, um, you know, the number one reason why Walt wanted Disneyland, which was the only park that he ever actually walked in, the number one reason why Walt ran Disneyland year round was because he wanted a family of cast members that could be employed throughout the year as opposed to seasonal workers 
who, you know, would come and go. And so, you know, I look at the cast members today, especially in Orlando, which is, you know, the nation's largest single site employer. And I know that, you know, Disney, despite them being currently furloughed, you know, they desperately want to hold on to those, you know, valuable employees because replacing them is not going to be easy. And, um, you know, I, I worry about them. I, I, I genuinely, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, especially at, at Walt Disney World, you know, when you do those guest surveys, 70% of guests on any given day are repeat visitors. And when you ask them, why are you returning? It's not about the rides. It's not about the attractions. It's positive interaction with a cast member. So um, we, we got to hold on to those, you know, valuable employees, those valuable cast members, because they're the ones who make the magic happen. Yeah, absolutely. And then just, I just have one more question before we wrap up. You, you wrote something really interesting, and I, I've been curious about this. Um, you said that Walt was kind of like, he didn't realize his own mortality at 16. And he was ready to sign up and go to war just because things were so bad at home. I guess he wanted to do something else. Did he kind of keep that sense of immortality his whole life? Or do you think he would have been really worried about getting getting a virus right now and kind of, you know, buying lots of toilet paper <laughs> and stuff like that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think every 16-year-old has that sense of, yeah, that sense to, of immortality. Yeah, and, and, you know, the other part of that story is his three older brothers had all run away. And I, and I think that's part of the tension in the Disney household relative to Elias and his prickly personality. And mom, Flora, just said, I don't want Walt running away. I, I want to know where he is. And so I'm going to help him get into the ambulance corps. That whole thing, right? She was going to force yes. the dad's yes. signature. She know was because she'd rather that exactly exactly and so she knew that walt was going to head off somewhere and for her it was better to help him get into the ambulance corps than to him just run off and have absolutely no idea where um you know where he was going to be that relationship with dad and i don't know that it ever really got resolved because even after the success of snow white when they built the you know, the studio that stands to this day in Burbank. Uh, and, I, and I tell the story in, in Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, you know, he's giving him a, 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 a tour of this studio that is Walt's, you know, great vision. And Walt's like really, really proud of it. And um, Elias, you know, he doesn't get it at all. And, and he, he, he keeps asking his son, well, what do you do here? And he's like, well, you know, I, I, I make my cartoons, Dad. Well, yeah, but 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 what do you do here, son? Well, you know, I I, I make my movies here, Dad. Well, yeah, but what's it all for? And um, Walt, you know, finally figured out that his dad wasn't ever going to get it. And finally, he said, "Well, you know, um, you know, worst case scenario, if you know if this doesn't work out, I guess we could turn this all into a hospital." And that his dad understood. And um, <laughs> it just it it's just I don't know. Um, you know, Elias and, and, and Walt, you know, completely different personalities and, and, and never quite saw eye to eye. And um, Walt was in South America when, when Elias died and um, Walt didn't come back to the funeral. But, 
Yeah. But, but I say all of that at the same time, when you walk into Disneyland, the very first window on Main Street over the Main Street Emporium is a tribute to Elias Disney contractor, which is a tribute to Walt Disney's dad. So again, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of layers there. So who, who knows? Every, exactly right. That played a part in the man that you know Walt would become. And the story I read was that his dad didn't. It felt like he might be signing his death warrant. Yeah. He signed that paper yep. and let his boy go. For. So yeah. he cared about yeah. him, you know. But there's part part of it too. This is this has been so great, and I want to encourage everyone to sign up now. It's totally free. The wisdom of Walt.com. And you can even get notified when a new blog post is published. Jeff even sends you a free downloadable PDF of Listen to the Park, Seven Leadership Lessons from the Happiest Place on Earth when you subscribe. And if you're like me and you just can't get enough of the wisdom of Walt, you can get signed hardcover copies of this best-selling book and get a special discount when you purchase both off of Jeff's website. Um, this is all on a link on his website, so thewisdomofwalt.com. Thank you so much, Jeff, for being with us today. Right, we appreciate keep, you. Uh, yes, it's been so right, great. living the dream, everybody, and we're going to get through this. We, we got through it in 1918, and we're, we're going to get through this one as well. The parks are going to open back up, and we're going to keep moving forward. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this show today and kind of like Disney movies do, we want you to stay because we've added a little bonus part for you guys today. Listen to uh, Jeff, because Jeff and I go way back, so we, we were all having a little conversation before the show started and we want to give you a sneak preview of that. So listen to Jeff talk to us. Dr. Disneyland himself, he's got a little Elvis trivia that he wanted to share towards the end of the show too, so stay tuned for that. Absolutely. And thanks for listening to Living the Dream Podcast, where we know it's not just about achieving your goals in the future, it's about enjoying your journey along the way. Thanks for listening to Living the Dream Podcast, where we know the secret to living your dreams begins with the smallest steps that lead you to your essential joy. Contact information for Krista Joy can be found at disneyways.com slash connect. Reach out to Christy Fredericks at smalleststeps.com slash about. At Living the Dream Podcast, we know it's not just about achieving your goals in the future. It's about enjoying your journey along the way. Music for today's episode was provided by Peter Alden's Kingdom Classics, now available for purchase on our website. This presentation represents the opinions of the hosts and guests of the show. Our show is informational and for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Why don't we make scene together? By the way, I was in some group the other day and they asked if there were any pictures of Elvis at Disneyland and somebody posted no because he never went. Wait, well, I'm pretty sure he didn't he go to Disneyland? With Lisa. I don't know. I, like and the other thing is like I didn't even know if that was true. Um but the other the other thing is like I have this whole like trivia contest that I do for our honor society induction. It's like a quiz bowl and it used to be 
If I did history and English questions, all of our science and math majors got angry. And if I did science and math questions, all of our English and history students got angry. And so finally I said, you know what, screw it. I'm doing Disneyland questions and then nobody can get angry. There you go. And, <laughs> there you yeah, go. And, then, and then the families love it because they feel like it's an even playing field. And um, one of the questions is, you know, which of the following celebrities was not at Disneyland on opening day? And it's a multiple choice thing. And the answer, randomly enough, is Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yes. I know he wasn't there on opening right. day. Uh -huh. And when I came up with that question, like I just, I, I came up with it not knowing, like, I don't know that that means he was never there. I just put it as a, you know, random question related to July 17th. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's, he, Elvis is everywhere. It's just like Disney is everywhere, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, I take my kids to, um, I say kids, my students, to uh, the Nixon Library every year, except for this year. We had to do a virtual tour. But, um, you know, there's always that picture of him in the Nixon White House when he's, you know, sort of being deputized as a DEA yeah. agent which is always ironic because he is a dying from drug use, which is a whole different conversation. <laughs> right, right. Oh, it's hysterical. It's a story. Yeah. I guess that's one of the most popular photos people buy. Right, um, right, right. So, oh, that's so funny. I but know, then of course, you know, Nixon, I mean, irony of ironies. I mean, he ends up bugging the democratic national committee headquarters at the Watergate and then has to resign because of you know the tapes in his own oval office and so he <laughs> he, he ends up going down because he at the end of the day bugged himself so yes. there you go oh, wow. so anyway that's not why we're here <laughs>